Hello, and welcome to Not Otherwise Specified, a fun podcast about psychology that doesn't take itself too seriously, so you shouldn't either. This is purely for fun and by no means is meant to diagnose you or anyone you know with anything at all. So just sit back and enjoy the banter, don't worry about the oversimplifications, and get mentally intrigued. Welcome back to Not Otherwise Specified. I'm Rebecca, and I am obsessed with this topic and compelled to hear about it. Wow. (laughs) I'm James. Uh, Welcome back to Let's See What Rebecca Has Tonight. And tonight it's going to be OCD. You don't say. I do say. So tell us what you know about OCD, Rebecca. Okay. I know that it stands for Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. I know that I get very irritated when it is presented in in normal life. Okay. Why is that? Well, because some people, often, people will say that they are OCD because they appreciate things in order. Okay. They appreciate neatness. Um, they appreciate symmetry. They call themselves OCD. I am OCD. First of all, that makes no sense. I am OCD. That's like telling yourself that you are a disorder. It's either that, people who believe that they're, I guess, we'd call it a type A personality, just in like normal Mm. talk, right? Like things must be ordered. It's either that or the lady on Dr. Phil who can't leave her house without washing her hands a hundred times. So I think we either see like it's it's a either cartoonish portrayal or it's something that I I personally do not think is OCD as a non-professional in the field. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I know about OCD. Also, it deals with obsessions and compulsions. Probably so. Okay, and that's right. it. Done. And, and- I will also say this. I I think a lot of people use this, and this isn't a bad thing, so I'm not trying to offend anybody, but it's also not a verb. I've heard people saying, I'm OCDing right now, or those sorts of things. I think that's just a common way of saying it, but that's another one of those myths we'll dispel. Okay. So, you you know what the O and the C stand for, and and even the D. I do. So I'm going to quiz you. Oh God! It's a it's a single question quiz. Okay. Um, and then later on, I will answer it for you. So, what is the difference between OCD and OCPD? I have no idea. Okay. I was actually going to ask that as well, I was thinking today about this topic. I've heard of OCPD, but I have no idea what it is. I know it stands for personality disorder at the right. end there, but that's it. So it is not a behavioral disorder like OCD is. It is okay. a personality disorder, right? Okay. Uh, and there's, um, I've tried to describe it in different ways over the years in my class, but when I was doing my research today, I found a very uh, simple way of explaining the difference okay. with not so simple words, but, but you'll see. So I'm just going to leave you hanging for a minute about that. Great. All right. So OCD. Um, let's see. Where, where should we start? I guess we'll just go through the criteria like okay. we normally do. So I have the criteria. Um, I, I didn't find too much historical stuff. It, it basically all just goes back to the anxiety disorders, right? We okay. talked a lot about that history. Yeah. Um, so we'll look at that. We'll look at some of the, the treatment, some, some very... Uh, interesting and, and troublesome examples of obsessions and compulsions. Okay. Uh, and then we'll look at the other things that go with it, right? So in the DSM-4 and, and earlier, uh-huh. OCD was an anxiety disorder. Okay. Right? Uh, now it is separated into its own class of disorder called obsessive-compulsive uh, related disorders okay. or something along those lines. So there are a few more that go with that. So you want me to tell you what they are now or leave you guessing until then? Whatever you think is best. You're the professional. All right. well, I don't want you to obsess over them, so we'll wait about that. Wow. God, so you see, should, full, full circle. We should do like Pee Wee's Playhouse and every time either one of us says obsession or compulsion, we should go ah! But then our children will wake up and and, and they'll interrupt us. and Likely yeah. the whole podcast would be screaming. Yeah. That's no good. Okay, go ahead. All right. So the DSM-5 criteria for OCD. Uh, it's not very different from 4, 
but I, I thought I'd go ahead and stick with five since that's how it's separated into its own thing. So okay. yeah, there we go. So there are, let's see, A, B, C, D. So a, a bunch of criteria and some sub criteria for that. Um, so these are a bit wordy, so we'll, we might take this a bit slower. A bit wordy? Yeah. Out of the DSM? Yeah. What a change. Wordy for the DSM oh, even. My. Uh, so criteria A, or criterion A, I guess, is presence of obsessions, compulsions, or both. Okay. okay. Well, that's so right there you, in the title. You don't have to have both. You probably do. But you know, it has to have the presence of some combination of obsession, compulsions, or obsessions and compulsions. Okay. There you go. Um, so obsessions are defined by two things. One, recurrent and persistent thoughts, urges, or images that are experienced at some time during the disturbance, which OCD would be the disturbance, mm-hmm. as intrusive and unwanted, and that in most individuals causes marked anxiety or distress. So this would be, just as a, a Dr. Phil example, Okay. my hands are dirty. Okay. I have touched something contaminated. Okay. And my hands are dirty. This would be the obsession. That would be the obsession. The obsession right. is the thought. Yeah. Right? It's the part in your brain, I guess. And you can't... It, it's unwanted. Right. It's sometimes Intrusive. Horrible, right. Right? And you can't get rid of it. Right. Okay. Causes uh, you great anxiety. And even if you do get rid of it somehow, either just through time or distraction or mm-hmm. what have you, uh, that very first word, recurrent. Yes. It's not like you're going to have this one-time obsession. Then... Yes, it, then it would just be called a thought. Yeah. It's not an obsession at that point, right? Um, now, it, it can be thoughts. It can be, like you say, you know, I touch something contaminated. It could be urges, right? So you have an urge. Uh, so a, an associated obsession, I guess, would be I touch something contaminated. I need to wash my hands, right? Okay. That would be the, the urgeful thought, so I guess. So that's not a compulsion? Hang on to that. Okay. Right. So this, the obsession is when you're thinking about it. Compulsion yes. is when you're doing it. Oh, okay. All right. So that's okay. what I tell my class. Obsessions are the thoughts. Compulsions are the behaviors. So I need to wash my hands. That, that would be an obsession. That would be that urgeful okay. thinking. So right? just feeling compelled to do something right. is not a compulsion. No. Wow. That's, it's a... It, it's a thought or if it's recurrent and invasive intrusive and all yeah. those things it's an obsession okay um, so the other criteria for obsessions is that the individual attempts to ignore or suppress such thoughts urges or images or to neutralize them with some other thought or action all right and that's where the compulsions come in the neutralizing with an action is where the compulsions come okay. in. okay right um, so again these are thoughts you don't want you're actively trying to ignore or suppress it somehow yes Right, so it's not like you like having these obsessions. You're not obsessed over. I can't wait for, you know, my favorite toy to have to come out or something. Right? You are. These are bad things you don't want. Right. Right. So that's obsessions. Compulsions are defined by two things as well. It's repetitive behaviors, right? So there we have that behavior word, such as hand washing, ordering, checking. We'll we'll get more into examples later. Or mental acts. So sometimes it's not an outward behavior, but an inward behavior, if that makes sense. So that'd be things more like uh, praying repetitively, counting things. Okay. Those are compulsive behaviors, but they're not really observable behaviors, I guess. Unless you're like counting out loud, I suppose. Right. Right. But they they still are behaviors, just silent. Uh, Or just repeating words silently, things like that. Um, That the individual feels driven to perform. Mm -hmm. Again, you're not desiring to. You're driven to do so in response to an obsession or according to rules that must be applied rigidly. Right? Your your own rules. Correct. Okay. Or or rules set by that obsession, right? And so maybe you have the the thought that if I don't wash my hands five times, you know, the world's going to end. Or it, I will get sick and die. Right. It tends to be you know much more exaggerated than than a realistic thought. Yeah. Um, so the rules that would be applied to that is you don't just wash your hands. You wash your hands five times. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
The other criteria is the behaviors or mental acts are aimed at preventing or reducing anxiety or distress. Mm -hmm. So again, it's not in the anxiety disorders, but it's still it's related. featuring it, right? Yeah. Um, or preventing preventing some dreaded event or situation. However, these behaviors or mental acts are not connected in a realistic way with what they are designed to neutralize or prevent, or are clearly excessive. Yes. You know, like I, like I tell my class, if your hands are dirty or if you touch something dirty. It's a good, healthy practice to then go wash your hands. Mm -hmm. You know, if if your child says my hands are sticky, you tell them, you know, congratulations. Go no, you tell hands. them go wash your hands, right? Uh -huh. um, but w when it's clearly excessive, you're washing the hands a hundred times, like you said from Doctor Phil. Right. That that's not appropriate anymore. That's that's above and beyond. Right. Um, there is a note though for young children, they may not be able to articulate these aims, right? So the, okay. the purpose of the, those behaviors. So if you ask little Billy, why are you washing your hands fifty times? They may might not be able to verbalize that correctly. Okay. Um, so that's our first part. You have to have the presence of some of those things. Um, B, so our next big criteria is the obsessions or compulsions are time consuming. Okay. Or it's, it's going to take more than one hour per day. Now, it's not like one compulsion is going to take up an hour, but throughout your day, the compulsions or the obsessions or the combination of the two takes up a significant amount of time, at least a one hour period. Right. Or if it doesn't meet that requirement, it can also cause clinically significant distress or impairment, whether in school, uh, socially, occupationally, whatever, right? It's, yeah. it's getting, even if it doesn't quite meet that one hour requirement, it's still causing you trouble somehow. Okay. And chances are, I would assume at least that if it's causing you that level of distress, it's also taking a fair amount of time. So yeah. those probably both happen. C, we've talked about this one for everything else. It's not caused by uh, a substance or a medical condition. Mm -hmm. right? um, D, this is the wordy one, so we might take this a bit... Uh, a bit by bit. Okay. Um, the disturbance is not better explained by the symptoms of another mental disorder. Right? Well, that's true for all of them, too. It right? is true, but they have some pretty specific about. examples okay. for this one, right? Uh, such as excessive worries and generalized anxiety disorder, right? Yeah. So worries in that respect are not the same as obsessions. Right. right? There, There's more of a behavioral element to it. Um, preoccupation with appearance, such as in body dysmorphic disorder, which is one of the... It's not a somatoform disorder anymore. Now it's in this obsessive compulsive related disorders. We won't talk about that though because we already have, yeah. but that one's in here as well. Difficulty discarding or parting with possessions as in hoarding disorder. See, that's another thing. That's another one that's in this that we'll talk about. And you see it on television. Right. Hair pulling as in trichotillomania. Uh-huh. Uh, skin picking as in excoriation disorder. We'll talk about both of those tonight. Okay. Stereotypies such as you know, stereotypic movements and in uh, autism, those sorts of things, um, and then the obsessions are also not related to things like sexual urges or fantasies, paraphilic disorders. So there are a lot of things that look a whole lot like it. Yeah. But it's not going to be that. Okay. You're making an awful face. What what's going through your mind? I don't know. I just saw conduct disorders. Wait, no, sexual urges or fantasies as in paraphilic disorders. I'm sorry. That to me is not, I, I would never confuse that for obsessive compulsive disorder. Well, when we, when we get to the examples of the, the obsessions, you would see where that would come okay, in. Okay. Okay. You just said that it just, it, it surprised me. Okay. Uh, so we have all that. And also we have some specifiers. Uh, it used to just, in the DSM-4 and previously, they would say that, um, one of the factors of the obsessions and the compulsions is that the person experiencing it mm -hmm. knows that it's not realistic. Yes. Right. So they, they know it makes no difference if I wash my hand one time or 50 times, it's still going to be clean. Yes. It doesn't matter if I count to 20 every time I take a step or anything like that. It right? doesn't matter if I obsess over what's going to happen tomorrow. It won't make a difference. Right. Just speaking, so, so, you know. So that's kind of one of those factors that we used to look at that makes this such a bigger and more distressing disorder because you have these things you just can't stop doing and you know you don't need to do them yes you know it's not like you rationalize it in your head it's just you know i have to do this but i don't know why and all these mm -hmm. things uh, they found though that 
not everybody fits nicely into that category. Not everybody has insight into if they should or shouldn't be doing that. So now they have three specifiers for that. Uh, they all have to do with insight. So it can be OCD with good or fair insight, where the individual recognizes that the OCD beliefs are definitely or probably not true or that they may or may not be true. Right. So that's kind of the way it was before. What about if you know that your obsession and or compulsion is actually making it worse I'm thinking of the blood pressure machine. That probably more of this good or fair insight. Yeah. Like you you realize this is silly. The more anxious I get over this, the worse it gets and the more anxious I get over this. Right. You know. And that's... Talking for a friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Friend. (laughs) Uh, The next one is with poor insight where the individual thinks the OCD beliefs are probably true. Mm-hmm. And then finally, with absent insight or delusional beliefs, the individual is completely convinced that the OCD beliefs are true. Oh. Right. So that's that's more the delusional side of it rather than, you know, the, the classic way we would look at this, I guess, in more the anxiety disorder realm would be, you know, it's not true, which causes you the distress, which makes it worse, like you're saying. Uh, and then finally, there's another one where... Um, it can also be tick related, right? So if the individual has a current oh. or past history, history of not I, like the bug. I heard tick T-I-C. related. I thought maybe you could be bitten by a tick. I'm not kidding. Go ahead. It took a while for me what, to register. That's, that's Lyme disease, isn't it? I don't know. Okay. Maybe it could cause a mental disorder. All right. I teach math. Well, well I tell you what, I'm going to I'm going to use one of your television examples oh. to help out with this. Who on the, the show Girls had had OCD? Well, that would be Lena Dunham's character, Han Horvath. Okay. And maybe I remember wrong, but she had some tick-like behaviors, right? Like she would... Uh, yeah, she'd blink. She'd blink certain uh-huh. ways, those sort of things. So that, that's one thing you have to kind of tease apart. I did. I kind of skipped over that when we were looking at what else it could be. Because right, um, it is literally a paragraph. Right. <laughs> so if it's ticks like that that only occur in conjunction with the OCD then you would call it tick related and if it's if it's a tick that was there with or without the OCD you would call that it would be two separate disorders it would be um, Tourette's or something related to that or this okay all right so now I I don't want you looking at my screen so I'm I'm gonna turn it so these are some obsession examples I want you to give me your your Rebecca feedback okay uh, That's a lot of pressure. Well, obsessions, you know, again, are intrusive thoughts that recur and persist d- despite efforts to stop them. Yes. So some of the examples are, and, and this one um, I felt I could relate to, and it kind of surprised me that this was one, may start off vague. Right. So yeah. there's not always a clear, you know, well-defined obsession. Uh-huh. It may start off vague, such as general confusion, a sense of disarray, tension, belief that life cannot proceed as normal while this is present. And then it it can kind of spiral out from there. Okay. All right. Thoughts or images of someone close to you dying. Uh Uh-huh. All right. So so these make sense as obsession so far? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Possibility that someone or something other than yourself, such as, you know, some examples I gave were uh, God, the devil, disease, Uh some random thing, will harm the person with OCD or the people slash things the person cares about. Okay. Okay, so so make that one make sense for us. What would you think it's talking about? Um, gosh, it, it like if, if something will hurt either me or someone I love, or or things you care about. Okay, well, if I don't do it, God will smite me. Okay, like that. that right. That's what I think about. So so again, I've never actually thought s- that. Speaking of a but speaking of a friend, you know, if if you have the. The compulsion to check that doors are locked. Yes. Right. Uh, the obsession with this could be you, you don't want someone to to harm the people or things that are inside the the house or car or what have you. Oh, so it's just an outside force, not necessarily something like otherworldly. Well, it can be. Okay. Right. No, it, I, I, it, I, if I it's more was, delusional. I thought this was specifically delusional. No, okay. that's why I said disease too. I mean, it could oh, be. Yeah. Okay. You know, that would be like the the contamination. You know, if you got dirty, you know, some yes. disease going to going to befall you and such. Um, this one I thought was interesting. Uh, sensation of invisible protrusions emanating from their body, <gasps> or have the feeling that inanimate objects are ensouled. What? 
Uh, so this that's a new vocab word for me sold as in like um i don't know like like this table in front of us yeah it would be in sold like it would it would have value as a being oh in sold s-o-u-l yeah okay all right oh oh okay which which can be part of hoarding which we'll get to okay and it can also be part of some like religions and stuff Mm, not not in that well I mean, there are a lot of religious obsession. Um, I'm talking uh, about like this. This frog has a soul, and this grain of rice has a soul. More is, like is like with a... hoarding, like uh, this table doesn't deserve for me to just throw it out. Okay. Right, and okay. if I do, I will be hateful towards that and, and I those see, sorts. Of, I, I guess it could go in that direction, but am I the only one that when I was a kid felt? And I know Doug did too. Doug on the Nicktoons. Um, whenever you bought a new pair of shoes, do you ever feel sorry for your old shoes? No. I kind of do. Still, at the age of 34, I wonder if I have those. Oh, you, you know, I literally wear my shoes until I can, they don't really stay on anymore. Yeah, that's true. So. They, they, they need to be retired at that point. Yeah, good point. But still, I give, do. Give them a little service or something. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to get into um, stranger ones, the ones you might see more so on Dr. Phil and those sorts or of things. Or TLC. Or TLC. Okay. Uh, so the next one would be sexually based obsessions. Okay. Okay. Uh, so this... Yeah, the, these are the ones that you caught me off guard with. Right, earlier. the, the yeah. sexual fantasies and all that. Okay. Um, so these are thoughts or images of... Uh, I don't know why. Um, now, this, uh, I'll admit, I did get from Wikipedia. Okay. Um, but for some reason, they put some of this in quotes and some of it they didn't. I don't know. <laughs> Who were they quoting? Um, <laughs> Mr. OCD. I don't okay. know. So, the also images of, I'll say quotes just for okay. fun. The also images of, quote, kissing, touching, fondling, oral sex, anal sex, intercourse, incest, and rape. With, quote, oh, end quote. Yes. After rape. With, quote, strangers, acquaintances, parents, children, family members, friends, co-workers, animals, religious figures, and so on. End quote. Yeah. And can include, quote, heterosexual or homosexual, quote, content with persons of any age. And I, I don't... Well, no, no? the end okay, quote okay. was after homosexual. Okay. I don't know why all the quotes were there. <clears throat> um, so... I laid all that out in, in a kind of comedic way, but yeah, th- this is not so. Right, this this is very distressing to people. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so, uh, when when you when you saw up there the about you know, sexual urges yes. or fantasies, no, those no, sort no, of things, it makes sense. Um, that's a big thing to point out. These sexual obsessions that we're talking about are not fantasies. You know, people have fantasies that they think about and those things. Right. Again, these are distressing things that you. You don't feel Call comfortable it. with. Correct. Okay. Uh, now, you might feel you know, embarrassed or ashamed of some of your fantasies, but again, it's not going to be the same thing. Right. Um, it's, this is, yeah, it's not a fantasy. It's distressing like any other obsession would be. Uh-huh. Um, the obsessive fears, you know, depending on what it is, can cause you to have you know, fears about your sexual orientation or your sexual identity, right? You might consider yourself to be a certain sexual orientation, then you have an obsession that doesn't fit with that. Then you start worrying, well, did I change? What's wrong with me? And just yeah. all these different things. Um, and, and this I thought was kind of sad. The doubt linked with OCD, because a lot of times those obsessions can lead to self-doubt and sure. poor self-esteem and all that. Uh, the doubt linked with OCD may lead to uncertainty regarding whether one might act on the troubling thoughts resulting in self-criticism or self-loathing, right? So you mm-hmm. kind of get this self-doubt that, you know, what if I actually engage in these things? Right. You know, all, all these horrible, distressing thoughts I'm having, what if I engage in that? And that, that doesn't just apply to the sexual obsessions, right? It can be, um, well, the next one, we'll mm-hmm. go ahead and go into that. Uh, fears that one may do something totally uncharacteristic of oneself, possibly something potentially fatal to oneself or others. The thoughts may likely be of an aggressive or sexual nature, right? So, 
you know this the self-doubt that you know, what if i actually did do that absolutely yeah. applies to that as well and would be scary to think about oh of course yeah right um and it they also know it tends to be very internalized mm-hmm. right it's not something you're going to share with people um but the resultant behaviors right so an example i saw online was you know this they, they didn't say what the obsession was but this father refused to hold his infant son which looked weird to people around him, but maybe he had a fear that he was going to to harm the child or something like that. Yeah. You know? Um, That's like my fear that I'm going to yell out bad words in class. Right. I mean, seriously. Which is entirely uncharacteristic of you. Oh, absolutely. I I never have, never would. But I have this lingering fear that one day I'm going to go in and just blurt out something horrible. I, I, I don't know. See, I told you I had OCD. There you go. Uh, these next two I wasn't aware of either, but it's, it's pretty interesting. I think this could apply to some clients I've had before. Um, well, before I go past that, the, the one right there, the, you know, the uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic one mm-hmm. and then the sexual obsessions. Um, I have worked with, with a few teenagers who legitimately had this and some of their obsessions would be that they've already done these things. Mm-hmm. Right. So not just, you know, I hope I don't rape somebody or hope I don't you know sexually assault somebody right instead they have the obsession what if I did I hope I didn't do this right yeah. when clearly they hadn't okay that happened in a true crime case okay Ryan forgot his last name but he and a friend were out one night and at the, and that same night a man was murdered and the friend like completely I think he had some sort of anxiety about it right. and he he completely fabricated this story because he had convinced himself that he had done it and he implicated the other guy i forgot his last name but they i think the innocence project just like got him out of prison but the guy who told the story i think is still in prison oh. i'm gonna look up his name you keep speaking okay uh, these last two i said you were kind of interesting there's something called relationship ocd Okay. Uh, or ROCD, but it stands for Relationship Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. Um, so these would be things... That, that would be Rebecca's phone. Uh, so these would be things like doubt of love for your partner. right? So you're in a uh-huh. relationship and you start having these obsessions. Do I really love them? Yes. Um, or of the partner loving you back. Uh, rightness of the relationship. You know, Should I be in this relationship? Pause. Okay. Ryan Ferguson. There you go. Okay. Um, checking and reassurance seeking of rightness. So uh-huh. ask, asking either people you know or the partner, you know, is this a good relationship? Should we be in this relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, and continuing, continuous doubts regarding the relationship. And if you do decide to end it, there's intense anxiety about doing so. And again, that's one of those things. I can imagine that continually asking your partner, is this a good relationship? Are we doing the right thing? probably doesn't do things to make the relationship better so then it's kind of self-fulfilling self-fulfilling rather yeah. and then oh well it's a bad That's relationship done. right yeah. uh it can also be specifically partner focused not just about the relationship okay um this i thought sounded awful so these would be um the obsessions or checking or reassurance seeking that you would do with ocd would re- be related to perceived flaws of the partner so okay. like um he's a slob or you just you you'd find some perceived flaw about them and you you would be obsessed about that um their their shortcomings uh, and then you have trouble concentrating on anything about them besides their flaw and then you use that flaw as evidence going backwards that the relationship is bad okay. i should be with him because his toes are too long or you know, some, some ridiculous thing yeah. but it becomes you know just that obsession that's the only thing that's that's talked about all right so those are obsessions okay. there are tons of others i'm sure but th- that gives you an idea about it all right uh, so now we have compulsions uh so these tend to be ritualistic mm-hmm. right again it's kind of always done the same way uh it's it can be like a, a have to like um 
that that wouldn't really be answering an obsession. That would just be those rituals, I suppose. Like, like this is just the way I have to do it every time. Every time I leave my house, I have to turn my lights on and off ten times. Right? Yes. It's just it's just what I just do. has to be. Yeah. It's a habit, I guess. Or it could be a way, like we said earlier, of mitigating the the anxiety that that mm-hmm. obsession's causing. Right. So if I if I wash my hands so many times, then this dreaded event will not happen. Right. Yeah, I will not die from some disease nobody knows about. Um, so the compulsions, these are, are pretty, I, I guess, standard, right? You, we, we normally think of these like hand washing uh, yeah. or cleanliness in general, um, cleaning, uh, cleaning objects, cleaning the house, cleaning yourself, uh, checking things, which is typically like locks, doors, is the stove turned off, uh-huh. um, those sorts of things. Uh, repeating actions just in general, right? So the most common example people use is like turning the lights on and off. Um, ordering things in a certain way, right? So you, you mentioned earlier how people say that, you know, I, I respect having an orderly house or yes. however you said that, right? Um, this is going to be that side of things. Like your your kitchen has to be arranged in exactly this way and these all the pots have to be facing a certain direction and all this and it causes a huge amount of distress if that's not the case right right so the compulsion would be to go and fix that it doesn't just irk you right it It makes you bother you right okay that's that's the point i want to get across this is not something that is just irritating right Okay. And kind of like we said before, these compulsions are not ticks or stereotype movements. Right? They're, they're, they're purposeful, even if the purpose doesn't make sense. Um, and some compulsions are used even to avoid the obsession trigger in the first place. So maybe you, um, you compulsively go way out of your way when you're driving to work or something to avoid seeing something that's going to trigger obsessions, and then it goes on and on from there. So... For a friend. All right. Tell me about your friend. Asking for a friend. I think you know what I'm going to say yes, here. Yes, I certainly do. I had a, a not great experience at a certain school. All right. And thinking about that school causes me great anxiety and distress. Mm-hmm. As a result, how often do I avoid that school? Constantly. Every chance yeah, I that's get. That's why I ask you permission to go down certain roads yes. sometimes. <laughs> may, may I take such and such road? And I, I try to act shocked and upset, but really it's like, yeah, I guess so. But I do my very best not to to look at, at mm-hmm. that place because it causes me so much anxiety so to avoid look behavior, there. Sure. Yeah. I told you I had OCD. All right. So <laughs> all right, now we're going to make sure you don't have OCPD Uh-oh. instead. So some another detail worse? about this. It's different. Okay. Um, so I'm going to toss out my big word for you. Would you consider yourself to be egodystonic or egocentonic? Oh, God. I don't know. E- I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I know dis means bad and sin means same. Okay. Or maybe separate and together. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're, you're on the right. Let, let, let's go with the egocentonic. So, so, Just okay. there you go. Flip a coin. <laughs> so, so the way that it was... Uh, I looked at so many sites. I don't remember where I got this one from, um, but the the behaviors and the obsessions that go along with OCD, the, not the personality one, OCD, uh-huh. tend to be egodystonic. Okay, which means they are incompatible with your self concept. Yes, and that causes you much distress, like yelling out bad words. Right, that's okay. incompatible with your yes. self concept. Yes, and if it were to happen, or even the thoughts about it happening, uh-huh. cause you distress very much. Right? Yes, OCPD, the personality disorder, is egocentonic, meaning that it is compatible with your self image, oh. and almost to the point where you do derive pleasure from it and find ways to make it completely rational. Okay, I'm going to go with di- ego dystonic. Okay. Okay. The, the ego syntonic or, or obsessive compulsive personality disorder, I'll just lay it uh-huh. out that way. Um, it's not really distressing to you. Mm-hmm. It's more so distressing for people around you. Okay. Right. When you have a personal personality disorder, it tends to cause more external problems than internal problems because internally, that's just who you are. Right. Okay. You're just a, a clean freak. You know, some people would, you e- equate those together, mm-hmm. or you might be, um, you know, anal retentive or something where everything has to be a certain way. 
uh, where you're, you're not really distressed by this, you kind of pride yourself in that instead. Yeah. So kind of what you were describing earlier, people who say, well, that's just how I am. Yeah. That'd be more the personality okay. than the, the behavioral side. Monica on Friends. I don't know. She was pretty bad. <laughs> what? You, you, you'd think she's OCD or OCPD? I'd say more OCD. Okay. I don't know. She's a fictional character. Yes, she is. Okay. So how do you think you treat this? Um, let's see. Cognitive behavioral hey, therapy? how about that? that? You know, that should have been the name of this podcast <laughs> is cognitive behavioral therapy. All right. So there's a specific form of cognitive behavioral therapy, okay. which that's the wonderful thing about CBT is there's millions of different versions of it. Okay. So there's something called ERP. So ERP is, is your no. version of CBT. No. I don't know if it's called Nobody that. Nobody calls it ERP. I'm going to start calling okay. it ERP. It stands for Exposure and Response Prevention. Okay. Right? So it's a, a form of exposure therapy like you do for phobias or something helps uh-huh. you to overcome something. Um, what you do is you confront the fears or the obsessions in this case yes. or the compulsions or whatever. Uh-huh. And then you discontinue the escape response, which would be the... The, the compulsion, compulsion, right? Okay. So an example that I found was if you, if one of your obsessions and compulsions were, you know, I don't want someone to break into my house. I'm going to check, make sure the door is locked. The way you do this exposure and response prevention or ERP, uh-huh. as, as we now refer to it, is you would check the lock once, which that's the exposure, uh, without going back and checking it again. That's the ritual or the response prevention. Okay. So you purposely do the opposite uh, or you purposely make it more rational, right? There's nothing wrong with making sure your door's locked. Sure. But you don't need to do it 10 times, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you purposely do that. Um, another aspect, I thought I had that in here, but I must have skipped over it. You know, another compulsion that goes in with the obsessions a lot is, is reassurance seeking, right? So... Um, I have a friend who, who likes to lock the door and then ask his other friend yes. or her other friend, who knows, well, whoever this if, friend is, if the door is locked or uh-huh. not. Right. So that's that's a, a compulsion, too. Okay. So so this would be like uh, locking the door and not checking it more than once and not asking for reassurance. Right. Okay. So you would just adapt it to whatever the obsession is. Yeah. So if you if you have the kind where like Hannah Horvath on Girls, I guess, yes. where every I don't remember what triggered it, but she'd have to count to a certain number and blink mm-hmm. and all that. Um, doing the behavior without the resultant counting or blinking or those things. Yes. Right. So basically, it's like habit breaking or behavioral modification. You're trying to change that behavior by stopping it from even occurring. Okay. Right. Um, so medications naturally are an option uh ssri or snri medication so mm-hmm. what you normally prescribe for anxiety or, yes. or, or depression um there there tends to be more support for the ssri side but okay. but there are medications on both sides um some there is some research you know, I, I say that because there aren't very firm findings on this that other medicines like the tricyclic antidepressants so the more classic antidepressants yeah uh, some antipsychotics and some atypical antipsychotics um, that they may help but all those tend to have many more side effects than the SSRI classes would right. um, at which point you may prefer your obsessions and compulsions not be dampened so much sure and, and you also it the, said that you know like the tricyclics work well if you don't respond to the ssris right yeah. so you're going to try that first and if it doesn't work well maybe well, you can deal with this go instead with the big right? guns. yeah um, apparently they're doing research that opioid or specific opioids may help reduce the symptoms well i'm I guess sure you if just you kind of check out opioids <laughs> i wouldn't obsess over anything uh and uh they also found that certain nutritional deficiencies can, I don't think can cause this, but can worsen the, yeah. the impact of it. So if you treat that, you may lessen the symptoms as well. Um, there are medical procedures. You can do ECT, right? The electroconvulsive therapy. Again, in severe cases, you would, yeah. you would never go you know, get shocked just, <laughs> just because. Because you check the locks. Right. You know, yeah. Or you can't drive by a certain 
institution. Uh, you can have surgical lesions on your cingulate cortex, which I didn't know what that was, uh, but it makes sense. I looked it up. So you would, uh, I guess, technically, you're just damaging a certain piece of that. Is that in your brain? Yeah, it's close to your uh, cerebral um I looked up where it was and I forgot. Okay, it's, it's okay. It's in it's in the brain parts of your Not brain. Not important because uh, my, my but, comment is I wouldn't want anyone to damage my brain unless my obsessions and compulsions were really, really bad. It is involved with emotion, or this part of the brain is involved with emotion formation and processing, learning, uh-huh. and memory. So it makes sense that that would be the part you would target. But yeah. again, severely worst case scenario. Yeah. I mean, a doctor maybe who... Maybe has low blood sugar or had too much coffee or something and has kind of a shaky hand. That's it. Think of it as an extremely tame version of a lobotomy. Okay. Okay. And then finally, they have deep brain stimulation, which we talked about before, too. Where yes. you, you know, Instead of the electric shock, you have the you have these electrodes implanted in your brain and what have you. Kind of like um, having an insulin pump. Yeah, okay. or a pacemaker, right? Yeah. Um, the FDA has actually approved that one, right? So that's an approved oh. treatment for uh, uh, OCD as a last case scenario, yeah. right? Uh, you, you would have to have gone extent, gone through extensive individual therapy, uh, tried all the medication options, all these other things before you have any of these medical procedures. So that's OCD in a nutshell so far, and then we'll look at the okay. related disorder. So what, what are your thoughts so far? I am more convinced now than ever that I definitely have OCD. Oh, good. Then I've done my job. <laughs> like, right? like real, not that everything has to be the same color in the same order. All right. OCD, even though in college, the black notebook had to go with the black homework folder or else things were just not okay. All right. So I do have that little aspect of it. But, you know, well, let's see. Things. Let's see how many of these related disorders you have. You have four okay. four options, right? Okay. So we already talked about body dysmorphic disorder. I think you decided you don't have that. No, one, I don't right? have that. Uh, next, we have trichotillomania. What? Tell me about that one. What, what do you know about that one? Makes me think of Kathy Griffin's assistant on my life on the D list. Okay. You remember he used to pull out his eyelashes. I don't remember that, but oh, okay. God. First of all, such a good show. Secondly, it's hair pulling, right? right? Like pulling out of hair. It's recurrent pulling out of one's hair, resulting in noticeable hair loss. Wow. Right? So that is, it, it wouldn't be like you pulled one hair out every week or something, yeah. right? Um, you're going to have bald patches, or if it's on uh, a lot of times it's done on the arm or the eyelashes, like yeah. you say. Um, so that th- these are our criteria for this. We, we won't get as detailed into these. But the first criteria, obviously, you have to have the hair pulling because yeah. it's sometimes just called hair pulling disorder. Um, B, you think of just pulling someone's hair. Like you just walk up to people and we'll pull we'll their ponytail. Self-hair pulling, I guess. Okay. Um, an increasing sense of tension immediately before pulling out the hair or w- when attempting to resist the behavior. So kind of like that compulsion where you, you feel this tension that I have to do it, right? Yeah. Then resulting from that, you have pleasure, gratification, or relief when pulling out the hair. Mm-hmm. And then this disturbance is not accounted for by something else, like medical or anything, um, and that it causes clinically significant distress in some other way, social, what, what have you. Right. The thought of pulling out my eyelashes just makes me nauseated. All right. That's, well, it's not just eyelashes. So I'm pretty sure I don't have trichotillomania. Okay. Well, it's not just eyelashes. But oh, okay. I know that. But the thought of pulling out my hair bothers me. Okay. So I don't think I have trichotillomania. All right. Well, we can check that one off. Check. How about excoriation disorder? Do you know I what that one is? I don't know what that is. All right. This is recurrent skin picking resulting in skin lesions. Um, that's criterion A. Um, B, repeated attempts to decrease or stop skin picking. Clinically significant distress or impairment, just like before. Not due to a substance. Apparently, um, you know, the the skin issues with methamphetamines and all. Yeah. It's, that's not that. Right? Okay. It's something else. Um, and then it's not restricted to the symptoms of another mental disorder, such as you know, if you have a delusional delusion. Ah, delusional disorder where you think you have a skin infestation and you start digging at your skin. Yeah. Obviously, this that's not, not it. that. Uh, it's also not the preoccupation with like body dysmorphic disorder. 
Right. Okay. Can I just say, I think pretty much everybody does this to some extent. Okay. Everybody does almost all these things to some extent. Nobody pulls out their hair to some extent. Okay. Right? I don't know. Okay. But everybody picks... I'm certain I've pulled out one of my hairs before. Yeah, but not to relieve tension. Oh, no, no, not no. not for that reason. And, and, and not, that's the same idea. This is done for the same reason okay, as Trick-or-Tillomania. So this is not boredom, that you're watching TV and you've got like a hangnail or something. No. And you just pick at it. Or uh, you have like a bump and you just Does that cause clinically significant distress or impairment? No. 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 Okay. okay, there you go. Uh, there, you know, when I was looking this up, their images online were you know people covered in, in scabs and sores because of them doing that. Mm. So it's not okay. picking at your nails or your fingers or okay. something like that. Okay, just have to make sure I don't have that. All right, and then our final one, which is the longest of the the bonus disorders, I guess, oh. is hoarding disorder. Again. So you've watched tons of shows about this. So tell us about hoarding disorder. Well, I can kind of, and I think don't don't act like you can't relate to this. Well, I, I know you're going to throw me under the bus on some no, of these. No, but me too. It's, it's, it's difficult to give something up. I've gotten a lot better. Okay. We are by no means hoarders. No. <laughs> no. And I always convince myself of that when I watch those That's hoarders. That's probably why shows. you watch them. I say, oh, look, my house doesn't look horrible like that. Okay, but we're both guilty of hanging on to clothes that ought to be thrown out. Mostly T-shirts, both on, on both sides here. Um, holding on to memorabilia that really only have sentimental value, but in reality are kind of junk. And I, I've done that my entire life. But this is the note that so and so wrote me in second grade. My grandma does that. You know, she keeps she keeps a some a putrefied lizard. <laughs> you know, because for her now she is again by no means a hoarder. No. But again, we it's some, something we all do to some extent. Okay, so let's um, let's look at the the clinically significant version of this. Okay. All right, so our criteria. Persistent difficulty discarding or parting with possessions regardless of their actual value. So uh-huh. kind of what you just described. Yeah. This difficulty is due to a perceived need to save the items and the and to distress associated with discarding them. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I, I will put myself with that one. Uh, you, you get on me a lot. I, if I buy something, especially something nice or expensive... Um, you keep the box. I keep the box. You never know. You might need that box. What if I need to return it or I need an item number on it or something? Oh, my God. I, I still I mean, I still have the box from the motherboard when we built our computer like two years ago. Yeah, you would never use that again. It has some screws and stuff in it. Okay. But, yeah, boxes are kept at our house until I finally say, we've had this for three years. I don't think you're going to be returning it. Or it's already broken. Why do we sell the box? <laughs> so yes, boxes. But again, I, I threw out a box yesterday. Again, it's not an it's not an issue. No, it's for a purpose. It's not because it, you can't part with it. Well, it does distress me to get rid of it. I just don't tell you. <gasps> All right, number three: the difficulty discarding possessions results in the accumulation of possessions that congest and clutter active living areas and substantially compromise their intended use. So that's what you see on these TV shows that we don't do. We can still walk about and, and stuff. Yes, right? quite freely. And we have a normal household. Right. This is the lady who's like, I've made a path with all my right. my saved newspapers. And they end up finding dead cats at the bottom of it. No. I remember that one yeah, too. that was awful. That was terrible. Um, the hoarding causes clinically significant distress right? In, in some ways, including maintaining a safe environment for self and others. Yes. Uh, the hoarding is not attributable to another medical condition. Um, what other medical condition? Brain injury can cause it. Oh, okay. Cerebrovascular disease. I'm not familiar with that. Prader-Willi syndrome can have some hoarding features to it. Okay. Um, hoarding is also not better explained by symptoms of another disorder like the obsessions of OCD. So that's why they're not exactly the same. They're just related. Okay. Um, and then you have some some specifiers some specifiers for this as well so you have to specify with if it's with excessive acquisition right so that lady who goes to yard sales and buys other people's junk 
to add to, to her, add to her, her stock, junk. right? So that's that's exactly this. If difficulty discarding possessions is accompanied by excessive acquisition of items that are not needed or for which there is no available space. Yes. Right. So you still have the difficulty discarding things, but then you're adding more things on top uh-huh. of it. Um, and then we also have the three specifiers for insight for this one. So good or fair insight for this one would be the individual recognizes that hoarding related beliefs and behaviors are problematic. With poor insight, the person says they are not problematic despite evidence to the contrary. Right. And then finally, the absent or insight, absent insight or delusion of beliefs, uh, the same idea, are not problematic despite evidence to the contrary. It's just to a more significant degree. Okay. So. So there's the the hoarder who says, I can't live like this anymore. I need to stop doing this and I can't. And then the hoarder who says, there's nothing wrong with this, holding on to every newspaper I've ever gotten. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that would be your degrees of insight. But again, that's what we see. Right. We don't see your average person suffering from OCD. Right. On television. It's just these extremes. It's just the cartoons. Or the person who must have everything symmetrical and in order. Right. And so that that's why I kind of wanted to, to say that it it's irritating to me. I believe I have never been diagnosed with this, except for today. Right now, I have just diagnosed myself with this. But it is irritating to know that there are people suffering with this. And... There are people diagnosing themselves. Right. And, and suffering no, is the correct word. I've, no, I've seen... No irony intended. People diagnosing <laughs> themselves when really they're, they're not. They, they just appreciate neatness and order. Right. I've had quite a few clients who very legitimately have OCD. Yeah. Um, most of them... Yeah. I'd say most of them are what's... I saw this online called Pure O, where it's it's just the obsessions. Yes. Right, so it's... They had a special name for it, but you know, it doesn't doesn't typically have the compulsive behaviors behind it. But the the distress that I see in them when they're, when they're relating this to me, that's that's not something they're taking lightly. Right? Yeah. This is very significant for them. Right. And, and their lives. And, I mean, we'd never say something like... Oh my gosh, I'm so diabetic. Right. When you, uh, you get a sugar rush or something, right. <laughs> you'd never say anything. You'd never say this about any other kind of disease or disorder. Um, it except and and uh, w- w- ones that we've talked about, I suppose. Like some people will jokingly say they have PTSD or jokingly say they they are bipolar or schizophrenic, right. and it's it's not nice. No. Because it, th- there are people with those things, and it's it's very hurtful. Well, sure. I mean, I think we do that with a lot of disorders, just just as they're more commonly spoken about in society, yeah. I guess. But um, you know, th- that is a good point. That's I, I didn't get too deep into any of these because this this is one of those disorders, you know, especially the nature of the obsessions, which is incredibly individualized, right? And, very few people have exactly the same obsessions. Yeah. Right. There, there are commonalities. You know, the the religiously based obsessions, the sexually based obsessions, those mm-hmm. things. But even the way those play out and what was, what level of distress you get from that is differing from person to person. Sure. So I guess my point is, as it is in most every episode, please be sensitive to people with mental disorders. Right. So I mean, just. Be nice. And, and don't use what we have just said to self-diagnose necessarily. But, I mean, you, I did. Oh. So, you Well, know. you have special training, though. You're a math teacher. <laughs> right. And also, I came in with a completely preconceived notion that I absolutely have this. A little this. bit. A little bit. Yeah. So, well, take it away, that, James. That's your, your observer bias yes. going on. Um, So before Rebecca catches anything else, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and come back next time for more psychological hilarity. And again, this is not a substitute for actual psychological care. It was not meant to cure what mentally ails you. If you feel you need this help, please seek it out for yourself from a qualified mental health professional in your area. Thank you. Bye.